Welcome to Season 2 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes in defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 75 is entitled Sanctification. There's no greater blessing than sanctification. To be sanctified means to be purified. As Christ said, we are sanctified through the truth. We're empowered by light and sanctified by truth. Law is the key to truth and light. In other words, we are sanctified through obedience to the laws of Christ. God always lives in a sanctified state. No one who is unsanctified can abide his presence. God created law so that we could become sanctified like him. We cannot sanctify ourselves because we cannot live the law of justice. Christ must sanctify us through the law of mercy and his grace. Law is an extension of God's perfection, and those who obey His laws draw closer to God because they become more like God. That is what John meant when he said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And every man that hath this hope in Him purifieth himself even as He is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he has manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3 Mark the major propositions in the scripture above. They divide us into two states, the sanctified and the unsanctified. In other words, the saved and the unsaved. The fallen are those who are sanctified or saved. We are the sons of God. We shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. Those who are saved are sanctified. Christ is pure. Every man that hath his hope in him purifieth himself. Christ takes away our sins. In Christ is no sin. Those who abide in him, obey his laws, become sanctified. Those who keep the laws are righteous as Christ is righteous. The following are the unsanctified or unsaved. Everyone who sins transgresses the law. Sin is the transgression of the law. Those who do not obey his laws have not seen him. Those who do not obey his laws have not known him. Those who disobey law are of the devil. The purpose of Christ is to destroy the works of the devil. In other words, to sanctify the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. John three sixteen through 17 When Adam partook of the forbidden fruit, he violated the law of justice and lost his sanctification. He was forced to leave the presence of God and the Garden of Eden and travel into the vast wilderness of this unexplored world to gain experience and to rely upon the mercy of Christ. In the garden he was sanctified, but because he did not know good from evil, he could not progress. 
he could not have agency. He would remain forever in the same state, never changing, never growing, never exercising faith, free will, agency, or liberty. He could live forever without having ever lived. The paradox of the Garden of Eden was that had Adam remained in the garden, he could not have gained experience. Without experience, he could have no agency. Adam had freedom in the garden because he could choose which fruit to eat, but he did not have agency because he could not comprehend the difference between good and evil. He did not recognize Lucifer when he saw him. The only real freedom Adam and Eve had in Eden was tending the garden and deciding what they would eat for that day. If they had remained in the Garden of Eden, they never would have progressed but remained like children, knowing neither good nor evil. The perilous journey outside the garden was necessary. This is another of the great paradoxes of life. To remain sanctified in a protected environment, such as the Garden of Eden, produced no wisdom. Only becoming sanctified by keeping the commandments in a world filled with opposition has the power to make us Christ-like, knowing good from evil. I refer to that as the law of opposition. Agency exists only because we are enticed by both God and Satan. One may learn caution by choosing evil. Suffering has its teaching moments, but one can learn wisdom only by choosing good and obeying the law. As John reminds us above, he that doeth righteousness or obeys the law is righteous, meaning sanctified, even as he is righteous. It isn't enough to know the evils of sin. One must know the joys of being good a treasure that Satan can never have, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. In John Milton's Paradise Lost, Lucifer and his angels are thrust from heaven, hurled headlong flaming from the ethereal sky, writes Milton. In hell, Lucifer puts on a false face and boasts to Beelzebub, a high-ranking devil. Fallen cherub, to be weak is miserable. Doing or suffering, but of this be sure, to do aught good never will be our task, but ever to do ill our sole delight, as being contrary to his high will, whom we resist. If then his providence out of our evil seek to bring forth good, our labor must be to pervert that end, and out of good still to find means of evil, which oft times may succeed, so as perhaps shall grieve him, if I fail not and disturb his inmost counsels from their destined ruin. Satan knows evil, but he has no agency because he can never choose the good. His experience teaches him greater evil. Evil makes man cunning, good makes man wise. For that reason, Satan is cunning but not wise. Those who follow Satan become cunning. Wisdom increases agency. Cunning encourages sin by justifying or rationalizing the means which leads to captivity. No good end justifies evil means. We cannot use the tactics of Satan to fight against Satan. We see that trait in those who have dedicated their lives to evil. They become extraordinarily clever with the predatorial instinct, but act rather foolishly when cornered. Blessed is the man that learns from the evils of others, but in wisdom enjoys the blessings of obedience to law. God gave us the powers of reason that we may vicariously comprehend the consequences of evil without doing evil. One does not have to touch a stove to know that it is hot. One can feel the heat from a distance. 
Adam and Eve, to have agency, had to leave the protection of the garden and experience both the enticements of God and the enticements of Satan. The great challenge to Christians is how to remain sanctified in a fallen world. The intercessory prayer Christ said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. We live in the world because of the fall, but to be of the world is our own decision. We can live in the world and still be sanctified. However, we cannot be of the world and still be sanctified. Whosoever bideth in him sinneth not. In other words, those who abide in him obey his laws and are sanctified by him. That is our greatest challenge, to live in a world of evil but be kept from evil. The simple answer is repentance of sins, for none are perfect, and obedience to the laws and commandments of God. All the calamities, curses, and misery of the world come about through disobedience to law. Though we have enormous power as individuals to be in the world, but not all the world, still, by association, bad things happen to good people because we live in a world where man-made laws are corrupted by wholesale disobedience to God's laws. If we do not understand the evil, we cannot comprehend the good. That is why we had to leave the presence of God and come to this earth. To be childish is not a good thing. However, to have experience, wisdom, courage, and faith, and still be childlike is to have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. As recorded earlier, little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. Mortality is a journey that teaches us to distinguish the good from the evil and experience the blessings of obedience and the curse of disobedience. Sanctification is necessary to live with God. However, sanctification coupled with knowledge, understanding, wisdom, and obedience to law is necessary so that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Every law on earth, in the earth, or above the earth is subordinate to that goal. Without Christ, the law of justice is inaccessible to us. Christ, who understood that we had to make the journey, put law back on our side and brought it back into our reach when he left his glory behind. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. John seventeen five. Christ gave up his glory and came down to earth and took that journey with us to show us the way, thus establishing conditions that we could meet. Making himself vulnerable to sin, he placed himself in our shoes, facing the same perils, the same temptations, and the same potentially disastrous consequences. The lawgiver became subject to the consequences of his own laws in a mortal environment. Though vulnerable to temptation, he remained impervious to sin because he always put the will of the Father first. By overcoming all temptations, Christ made the law of justice accessible again through the law of mercy. By his perfection, he satisfied the law of justice. By sacrificing his life for us and atoning for our sins, he paid the full price for all the sins of the world. Justice had to be satisfied or all would unravel. Compromise justice and you compromise everything, even creation itself. Christ stands between us and justice. Christ the lawgiver is our savior, not our condemner. The law condemns us. The law of mercy is our protector. It sanctifies us. 
Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. It protects us, it preserves us, it perfects us, it frees us, it governs us, and it keeps us safe. If, however, we do not forsake our sins, call upon Christ, and endure to the end, we become subject to the law of justice and must pay a price that has already been paid. That is true only because of Christ, and ye shall know that he was manifested to take away our sins. The grace of Christ alone saves us and sanctifies us. To be at one with law, any law, one must live that law perfectly. But to be at one with the law of justice, one must be perfect, a requirement beyond our powers, but not beyond the power of the atonement. The law of justice is a state of being. The law of mercy is a state of becoming. We live the law of mercy in this life, however imperfectly, that through Christ and his doctrine we may become perfect in the next and live in a constant state of sanctification. Again I return to the intercessory prayer quoted above, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.